It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud talk radio network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. It's a sad day in America. It's been a lot of sad days, but today is particularly disturbing because of what has happened to Jeremy Brown, Green Beret. It's a disturbing story, but the American people all need to know this. They need to understand what is taking place in this country. So tonight, my guest is Kathy Chamberlain. And Kathy has a long time relationship with Jeremy Brown. Uh, she is here to tell us the story about what has taken place. Today, Jeremy was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison. Also with me is investigative journalist, Alan Jones. Kathy, welcome. It's uh, hard to believe what has taken place with Jeremy. Yeah, thank you, Mary. I, I mean, we really appreciate you keeping the spotlight on this story. Uh, the one thing Jeremy does not want is for his name to fade away as he rots in jail because of what this DOJ has done to him and FBI. So we really appreciate this opportunity. Well, Kathy, it's really disturbing um, because, you know, here's Jeremy, a Green Beret, and um, the, the things that he has done for this country. Uh, in fact, I hope our audience will go to the AmericanReport.org. Jeremy recorded something that is incredibly important for them to hear what is actually taking place in this country. And Jeremy exposed that. And he, he actually put time into teaching the American people what's taking place. And so that's terribly important that people understand that. But tell us what has happened in this case. How does this guy get seven and a half years in prison? Didn't before they find that his fingerprints were not on these hand grenades? Well, let's, let's move back. Kathy, explain Jeremy's case to us, please. Okay, so Jeremy, do you want me to start from the uh, FBI recruitment of him? Start from because, the beginning. I mean, that is, okay, so the beginning really is uh, right after the election of 2020. Jeremy was quite upset about, like many of us, believing that there was a stolen election. And so um, he, uh, he, he did join the uh, Oath Keepers just for a very short period of time, like two weeks, um, and, and saw that there was, they were probably being watched by the FBI. So um, he went on his merry way, but then the FBI did visit him in December of 2020 and at his home in Tampa, him and his girlfriend's home, and they tried to recruit him to become a, an infiltrator, as he says, a spy against the American people. Now, looking back on it, he realizes that it was most likely for the January 6th event. But at any rate, they... Uh, they tried to recruit him by offering him a bunch of money, um, and Jeremy declined. But not only that, he because he's a, a, a trained expert in counterinsurgency and counterintelligence, and this man is a highly decorated master sergeant, uh, retired Green Beret. And so he understood what they were getting at, and he not only declined, he taped 
the entire conversation with their approval. And he didn't do much with the tape for the next couple of months, but he did end up going to January 6th as a volunteer security for one of the speakers there at the Ellipse Circle. And then he went with the rest. I was there too, marched up to the Capitol. Uh, He did not go in. It's important for your audience to know that. Not that that's a crime uh, when you're invited, as many of these January Sixers were. However, there was no incident with him there. But then two months later, he was listening to the FBI director, Christopher Wray, as he, he was giving his testimony in front of Congress, answering questions about whether or not the FBI uses infiltrators and did so January 6th. And Christopher Wray essentially lied um, in Congress and said, no, uh, the FBI does not use infiltrators. And, and, and Jeremy could not handle that. It, that just really upset him to no end because he's an extraordinarily honest, uh, ethical person. And so, so let me interrupt there for uh-huh. a moment. So Christopher Wray said that there were FBI director Christopher Wray said that there there were no FBI that were um, placed among the protesters. There were no infiltrators. Hasn't that been proven uh, to be incorrect at this point? Yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think it was just announced either today or yesterday. Uh, the FBI did confirm that 40 it's up to 40 now. 40. We know there were a lot more than that. <laughs> yes. There were 40 yes. that were recruited as infiltrators by the FBI. So Christopher Ray, under oath, said that there were no infiltrators that were recruited by the FBI. Yeah, I, I need to clarify something there, though, Mary, uh, because if people look that up that conversation in Congress, Amy Klobuchar was the one who kind of handed him a softball question about that. And the way mm-hmm. she worded it, uh, he kind of skirted around it. So did he directly lie? Uh, you can see for yourself. Um, and that testimony was given, I believe, March 2nd or 3rd, if people want to Google that. So he just avoided the the answer. But we also know, based upon what took place uh, with the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, that hasn't that been exposed as an FBI operation as well? Yes. Yes, and in both of these cases, it has now come out as well that I think it was the Proud Boys uh, case that there were more FBI infiltrators uh, uh, embedded uh, with them than there were actual Proud Boys. Same as what happened in Whitmer's uh, uh, kidnapping case. Um, So they drove the whole narrative and and basically it was entrapment. Um, But that has not come out yet in trial. Hopefully it will. Wow. So was Jeremy was just sentenced to seven and a half years in prison, this Green Beret? Yes, seven and a half. And by the way, the sentencing took place um, on Good Friday. That was Friday, last Friday. That's quite a cross to bear, isn't it? Seven and a half years. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Terry Turchie has um, been on several times and he's been talking about So he was the one-time deputy director of uh, counterintelligence. Terry Turchie is calling for the the FBI to be dismantled because it's a corrupt organization, according. So that's that's really surprising coming from someone who served at such a high level and was so proud of his years at the FBI. And now he's calling for the FBI to, to be dismantled. I mean, if we're putting 
people like Jeremy Brown in prison for seven and a half years. Does he have another law, another case as well? Well, he his initial charges that came nine months later, by the way, were uh, two trespassing charges on Capitol grounds. And that's how they're getting a lot of these January Sixers uh, from the get go. And, and that's how they gained access to do a search on Jeremy's home and to get a search warrant. Uh, first, they judge shopped, by the way, uh, went through two or three judges. Uh, to, uh, nobody wanted to sign this search warrant, but then they finally found a judge that uh, that did sign the search warrant. And, and about uh, 25, two dozen um, task force agents uh, surrounded his home on September 30th of 2021. And even they have uh, his girlfriend. Could you you please repeat that? Kathy, could you repeat that? How many people and who were they surrounded Jeremy's home? Yeah, there were there were about 25 agents. It was a a JTTF joint task force of uh, it it comprised FBI, U.S. Marshals, county sheriff, um, uh, city police. Uh, Who did I miss? Um, a couple of other ones mixed in there. And so it was a joint effort and they just swarmed his home. Um, and, uh, and, and his girlfriend actually, uh, with her phone still has the video where she asked the FBI agent, one of them, what are you looking for? And he literally says on tape, we don't know. We'll know when we find it. Wow. Uh, Jeremy has. So that's that's what. Does, does Jeremy have mm-hmm. four or five daughters? Yeah, he has five daughters. So it's an extremely so they, sad story. I mean, yeah. Oh, please continue. So they they swarmed his home with all these uh, JTTF task force, and what did they find? Yeah. So. Um, they ended up supposedly uh, finding, well, first they found two uh, sawed-off shotguns, which uh, uh, Jeremy did admit to having. That's the only thing he has admitted to having. Um, He has uh, maintained all along since that search uh, that two hand grenades that they found in an RV parked on his property that belonged to his girlfriend, um, and also uh, some classified documents. Um, and um, I, I, I want the audience to understand, too, that, that this was not an easy thing for Jeremy to come out and, um, and expose this tape recording that he had of the FBI's uh, attempt to recruit him. He went back and forth for a very long time in his head because he knew that this was the risk he was taking and he did it anyway because he understood that our constitution is under attack. Uh, and so that's, that's where we, we have today. And so during his, his trial, which he, he was placed in maximum security uh, for 14 months without trial, without bail um, and um, uh, with no prior criminal history, and, you know, I mean, presumably he was innocent that entire time, right? Well, why did, was he placed then in maximum security? And, um, and, and so I, once he was able to finally have trial, uh, 
they they charged him with 10 felonies. So remember, it went from two misdemeanors to then, after they searched his home, they piled ten, uh, 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 eight felonies on top of his two misdemeanors. And apparently, from everything I've read, that's what they're doing to these J6ers. They start them off with with uh, very light misdemeanor charges, and then they generally go for a felony. Almost all of them have, have had a felony obstruction of a official proceeding, uh, and that carries with it a 20-hour, I mean, 20-year, excuse me, um, sentence. And and that's that's the saddest part of it because um, if you remember Matt Perno, he was a J6er. And uh, nice. he got two misdemeanors. He, he got six months and he made a plea deal with them so that he could get six months. And after he was sentenced to that, they came after him with the felony obstruction of an official uh, proceeding that carried 20 years. And that's when he committed suicide. Um, mm-hmm. So they wrecked these people's lives, uh, these people's lives. They they bankrupt them. The first attorney that Jeremy got, first he had to have a, a, a uh, court-appointed attorney uh, because he didn't have the money to pay for these attorneys that charge $170,000 money up front. And it's very difficult to get a good attorney because nobody wants to defend uh, when, they can, when they know darn well their reputation is going to be attacked. Um, by the DOJ. And so that's the first difficulty. But uh, we found uh, uh, Jeremy's uh, fiance and Jeremy found an, an attorney. Um, and he, he ended up, you know, people don't realize that many Americans, and especially in the legal system, they just cannot believe, they can't comprehend the thought that the DOJ and the FBI could possibly be corrupt. And so it's hard for them to wrap their heads around a defendant saying, those were not my grenades. That was not my classified information. I've never seen that stuff in my life. And that was Jeremy's uh, stance from the get-go. Um, and, and then they ended up sending the grenades to the FBI forensics lab because uh, the experts all say there's no way you can handle grenades without leaving DNA or uh, latent fingerprints on, on, on it. And these two, two great grenades, by the way, Mary, were wrapped with duct tape. So that's even more. Nobody can, can handle duct tape and put it on without leaving some prints behind. And so the FBI well, they- forensic lab themselves. Uh-huh. So let me say we're about to cut for a break. And so we'll go for a two minute break. But, you know, when we come back, I want to hear how many years did, did Jeremy serve in this country? And he was a Green Beret. Didn't he serve in Afghanistan? Was he on uh, the case for Bo Bergdahl, looking for Bo Bergdahl? And uh, it's really Pretty stunning. And also, please, when we come back, I want to hear was was Jason Sullivan, who did go into the Capitol with CNN and was walking around and filming. Was he also um, and did Jeremy run into him in prison? Uh, What what happened there? So when we come back after this break, um, I would love you to address uh, Jeremy's 
years of service to this country. In the meantime, I want to let our audience know that they can hear America Out Loud talk radio on iHeartRadio Network. We have the best-in-class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa. And now you can also hear them on podcasts on those same apps. We will be back. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com Welcome back to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio where you will hear the voice of freedom the out loud truth and with me is Kathy Chamberlain to talk about Jeremy Brown the Green Beret who used to work with the JTTF it's ironic that this man was just sentenced to seven and a half years in prison. And Kathy Chamberlain is here to tell us exactly what took place and, and also how the American people might be able to help out on this one. This is a tragedy. This is an American tragedy. This is not what we used to see in this country. This is a lot more like a Soviet America than anything we have ever seen. So Kathy, tell me about Jeremy and his, um, 
Green Beret, when did he serve for how long? Yeah, he served for 12 years, and I believe he retired at McDill in Tampa uh, 2012 or 14. Uh, but he, he earned in the meantime, during those 12 years, two Bronze Stars, uh, reached the rank, as I said, Master Sergeant, which in seven, 15 or 17 years, which is almost unheard of, apparently. He was deployed uh, 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 overseas to, to the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, to war zones, uh, four times. Uh, this is the man we have rotting in jail. It's just despicable. And Kathy, are they going to charge him with more charges in another case? Well, apparently so. Um, I was I, I, I called in and was able to listen to a Zoom call for a hearing with the D.C. case because these two misdemeanor uh, trespassing charges emanated from January 6th in Washington, D.C. So so those that's a total different case. And the the case that he just was sentenced for took place in the middle district in Florida, uh, here in Tampa. And, uh, that was due to what the, um, the FBI uh, agents at the JTTF actually said that they found during this search of his home. It's such a convoluted story. And you know, Mary, what, one thing I found out through all of this, because I'll tell you what, this has been an unbelievable learning experience for me, um, because whatever your audience thinks that the the worst case scenario, as far as our DOJ and FBI, how they are, uh, how they've gone so far wayward uh, in this country, it's a hundred times worse when you sit in that courtroom and you see an entire case unfold, and you see how the DOJ twists and uh, makes a defendant look guilty. You would never imagine. I mean, you yourself would believe the defendant's guilty, and they they, they bamboozled this jury so badly. I was just shocked because I know the case. And I know what's happened, and and I know the charges. And sitting in that courtroom for four days, which was not near enough time, because this is there's so much convolution, and that's the way the DOJ and the government loves this stuff. Make it so convoluted that the average American can't even follow it. Um, and so, so the, when you talk about the DC, yeah. So the DOJ, you're saying they twisted facts. What wasn't clear that should have been clear in Jeremy's case? Well, I'll tell you the most egregious one uh, that really we think had the heaviest uh, sway to the jury because they asked to listen to this particular audio tape, um, uh, we understand, about three times before they handed down the sentence. And that was the one phone call the first phone call, rather, that Jeremy made to his girlfriend the morning after he was arrested. The first phone call he had, um, he said, so what is going on? And his girlfriend said, they handed me a list of stuff. He said, what did they take? You know, and she said they handed her a list of stuff. And she started reading the list 
and she got two grenades and he went silent and the phone call was cut off at that point. Okay. Now, wow. he ended up calling her back and there was a 25-minute phone call after that, but the jury didn't hear that. And apparently, Jeremy has soft grenades, okay, mm-hmm. um, which are totally legal. And so tell, so tell the, the audience the difference between soft grenades and the other grenades that were not legal. Right, right but that never came out because the DOJ ended with that. It was like a bombshell ending. So it basically made it sound as though Jeremy was like, oh, my God, they found the grenades. You know what I mean? It was like that that was uh, that was an audio tape that the jury uh, asked to listen to three different times. I believe it was two or three times. Uh, and, and then they did come back with a guilty verdict of him having those grenades. And uh and and Tylene or his girlfriend basically sent the receipt for the soft grenade because they knew this could come up and become a problem. So she literally sent the receipt of uh, and she dug it up, and it wasn't easy for her to find. And she spent hours upon hours and dug it up and sent it to Jeremy's attorney. Well, that never came out. the The bit about the soft grenades never even came out. Now tell so me what the is FBI the name of Jeremy's I, attorney. Uh, first, please tell us what is the name Roger, of Jeremy Brown. Yeah. Sure, Roger Fuderman, who uh, does uh, 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 legal cases out of uh, Tampa, and I think you know I found out much later that he really does a lot of criminal cases, but very little federal. So that was a big problem, um, and. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things that you find out well into the case. But I, I think when we went to break, I was explaining about the uh, the uh, the the uh, grenades that the FBI sent them uh, for to the forensic lab, their mm-hmm. own forensic lab. And and they put put it put those grenades through all of the tests. Uh, they found nothing that led them back to Jeremy. No fingerprints. No DNA. They did find this stuff, but the DNA led back to two uh, two other guys, which they never followed up on to find out who these guys might have been. Uh, but the masking mm. tape had dog hair on it. Jeremy Jeremy has dogs, and they even did forensics on the dog hair, and it didn't. They 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 pulled hairs out of Jeremy's dogs to compare them. They were not Jeremy's dogs. There was not one thing that led them back to that. Um, and apparently, so none, none, of the well, evidence, uh, they, none of the evidence on the grenades connected to Jeremy, not the dog hair, not his hair correct. on the tape, no fingerprints. And so did they drop those charges? No, no. The jury still found them guilty. That's how good the DOJ was and how bad his own attorney was. And that's such a shame. They even ran the ran back to the times that Jeremy was in Afghanistan and in Iraq um, and they 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 uh, his his attorney unsuccessfully tried to tie they couldn't tie him with the with the time frame that that those grenades were in theater right 
So that was never substantiated. Weren't the grenades from the 1980s? It was, it was, yeah, well, and that was something that did not come out in court, but that I had learned through Jeremy, and, and I never followed really up on that completely, but supposedly those grenades, according to Jeremy, um, were from 1980s, because I guess there's something called a, what was it, a consumption report or something like that, that the military, all military has to sign out um, any weapons, right down to bullets, and then sign them back in, like I guess the library books, right? Um, and, and so there is actually, you know, uh, a record of where all these, uh, all the weaponry goes. I'm sure there's not any more with what happened in Afghanistan, how we pulled out. Um, and apparently that happens a lot, too. So uh, nobody really knows where a lot of this, this weaponry stuff ha- goes. But they did. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, yes, Kathy, import- hold on for a second. Yeah. We walked out and we left $87 billion worth of weaponry, tanks, etc., on the ground in Afghanistan. How are they going to track yeah. anything ever? And then you've got these are his whole case was predicated on these grenades, which have no fingerprints, no DNA, nothing that can um, actually attach them. And they're out of the 80s. Where was um, where was Jeremy in the 1980s? Wasn't he in high school? Yes, he was. I asked him that same question. And uh, the uh, the other thing with that, think about it. Um, they he had to come back from Afghanistan and Iraq through, I, 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 uh, I understand that they go through some pretty hefty baggage checks to make sure they don't come back with stuff like that. And then, and then another thing that was brought out is that, because uh, that was brought out in, in the trial, and another thing was brought out was that um, anybody could have access to that RV. I mean, that RV was sitting outside, obviously to the side of the home. So who the heck knows? Um, I mean, they, you could have gotten had into the very... RV. Anyone correct. could have accessed that and, RV? And what... That's correct. And and I learned, I never knew this, but there apparently all RVs have like a master key uh, similar to boats. And, um, and so, I, you know, I mean, it was just so frustrating that he, that he actually got charged with those because even the other thing was in the evidence list they were so poorly handled uh from the from the police you know i guess they have to they're supposed to take pictures of everything along the way um and and record what they find and at what time they find them and everything and um the lists uh were, were proven to have been poorly managed to the point where one piece of the documents that were considered highly classified um, that he was being charged with, the jury did throw that out uh, because they felt that that wasn't tied back to him. So think about it. If that couldn't be tied back to him, that must have been planted. And if that was planted, why did they not... Because was it so hard for them to believe grenades were planted? You know what I mean? It was so yeah, shoddy. Well, the the work. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm curious. Wasn't Jeremy a whistleblower um, on the FBI? Hadn't he become a whistleblower? 
Yeah. Yes, be- and- because of the whole Christopher Wright thing saying, you know, well, he came out with a, a recording that proved that the FBI tried to recruit him as, as an informant. And you can even hear the FBI on the recording, the FBI agent saying, hey, you know, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> just keep an eye. We just want you to, to kind of have your eye on these groups. So, so they really uh, didn't want certainly. Jeremy putting. So they didn't want Jeremy putting the information out that they were recruiting infiltrators and that Jeremy had come out as a whistleblower. So there was, um, particularly after Jeremy had worked with the JTTF and then the FBI, he was um, one should think was turning against them at this point as he was exposing that they were recruiting infiltrators. Oh, absolutely. It's a no brainer. And, and don't forget, they did not come to him and arrest him until nine months after January 1st. I mean, yeah, after January 6th, excuse me, nine months later, they came to him with trespassing charges. And that was only so they could get into uh, and shut him up. I I mean, I'm convinced of it. Well, Kathy, uh, Please let our audience know, how can they help Jeremy? Is there a, uh, a, a GoFundMe or Give, Send, Go? Uh, are, are they appealing yes, this case? What you. can they do? Can you please tell the audience how they can yes. get involved and help? This is, I mean, this is truly Soviet America. I, I, I can't imagine a, for a man that served his country and uh, that high level, how can the American people stand shoulder to shoulder with Jeremy? Yeah, this is this is find me the man and I'll show you the crime stuff. Um, but yes, he desperately needs help from Americans because he's standing up for our constitution. He's not going to take a plea deal. He refuses. He's very stoic um, about this because he wants to make sure this all gets outed. Um, but he now has to get an appeals attorney, an appellate attorney. So he is appealing this and going to take it all the way. Um, but these attorneys are incredibly expensive. The first one was $170,000. They're out to break these people and bankrupt them. Um, the, the, punish, the punishment is the process, folks. Um, yes, and lawfare. So this appeals, uh, yeah, exactly. The appellate attorney is going to cost 75000 So they're trying to, to gain the money to pay uh, for this guy. Um, and they've they've chosen the guy, but they really need the money uh, to to secure uh, 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 his uh, service. Um, so they can go to jeremybrowndefense.com, where they can also find links to so many interviews that Jeremy has done. If you listen to Jeremy Brown in an interview, you'll think you're listening to one of our founding fathers. He is that brilliant and um and that right with his facts and mary you've you've uh, interviewed him before you know yes he sent me a recording so jeremy in June. brown defense jeremy brown yeah. defense and um jeremy we will be back in the next segment after this commercial but kathy thank you so much for joining us i'm going to play the recording that jeremy sent me in june of 2022 wonderful and also how he the information that he put together that we have in that article at the American Report, he talks about 
unconventional warfare and what is taking place against this country right now and how the American people can learn from what Jeremy Brown was teaching us. Again, that's unconventional warfare. At the American Report, you can find Green Beret Jeremy Brown, unconventional warfare. We will play that recording after this break. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us. It's a sad day in America when a guy like Jeremy Brown that served his country uh, is given seven and a half years. No doubt. He's on the front lines. Thank you very much, Mary. Appreciate Thank you. I hope you'll come you back and report. Well, I hope you'll Anytime. come back and report on Jeremy because we care about him. This is a man that fought for us, for our freedom, and we're not going to just sit here while he rots in prison. After this commercial, we'll be back. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. I'm your host, Mary Fanning, and with me for the third segment is investigative journalist, Alan Jones. We just heard from Kathy Chamberlain, uh, who's asked the American people to stand up with Jeremy Brown. Uh, The story is beyond the pale. We don't see things like this in America. And this is something worthy of um, the Soviet Union. As Kathy said, you know, it's it's Stalin-esque. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Alan, yeah. as you heard this and, and what Kathy relayed, so seven and a half years. And this is a guy who served in Afghanistan. He was, you know, remember, he was one of the people trying to find Bo Bergdahl as he uh, was a traitor and, and ran. Now, Congressman Mike Waltz, who who led that team, I, I wonder if it was he standing with Jeremy Brown and trying to stop what was taking place. Alan, do you remember what happened to Bo Bergdahl? Eventually, after being outed as a traitor, uh, Barack Obama came to the rescue and turned him into some sort of communist hero. Yeah. And so they 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 uh, got Bergdahl. But what what did they have to trade in exchange to get Bergdahl back? This guy who took off. 
And by the way, keep in mind when Mike Waltz, who led the team looking for Bo Bergdahl, eight men died as they looked all over trying to find this guy. And then they paid and they, they let out. Who did they let out of, of uh, prison, Alan? They let out some, I believe they were Taliban leaders who were in Guantanamo Bay. They were the top Taliban leaders, and they were the guys who then took over the Taliban when they when they were let go. They were put into palatial um, quarters. You know, no one could believe that that had happened when they let them go in exchange for Bo Bergdahl. And then they showed up back in Afghanistan, leading, leading the fight against America. And then, of course, Joe ba Biden just walked out, went on vacation, didn't tell the truth, tries to say that it was the debacle that took place in Afghanistan as we turned and left behind the people that, that supported us and also um, took in 200,000 who they said were our translators. Only the only thing is that none of them spoke English and we had to get translators for the supposed translators, but we brought those 200,000 uh, strong into the United States where they've had all sorts of outrageous, you know, rapes of children, et cetera, even on military bases. And uh, so this is, this is what happens to Jeremy Brown, Green Beret, Jeremy Brown, who fought 12 years for his country, raised uh, to high levels as master sergeant. This wasn't even about J6. They didn't want to bring J6 into this. It's pretty stunning. And Alan, we have a recording, and I hope you can play it. Uh, this was from Jeremy Brown, and he sent this to us. And the reason he did is because he saw how they were dismantling the country. He saw what was taking place. And as I said, we have this at the American Report. Uh, it's about Green Beret, Jeremy Brown. And he talks about unconventional warfare. In fact, he references a pocket guide uh, to unconventional warfare, which we have at the American Report in this article. And you can hit that link and, and print that off. But what they're showing is that there's six clandestine steps and so, and, and is this what we're seeing in America? Is this unconventional warfare taking place? That would be overt and covert pressures against government. You know, Antifa, Black Lives Matter being paid by, as we proved from the FBI that that came forward, they were being paid out of the Middle East and out of Somalia. Uh, strikes, riots, disorder. Oh yeah, we have everything is upside down, inside out in this country. Sabotage and terror to demonstrate weakness of government. <laughs> if you had anything more pathetic going on in this country than what's taken place with open borders, cutting off our spigots, handing off our, uh, our petroleum reserves. So should we need that and go to a war as we're looking down the barrel of a two-front war? Underground activities to demonstrate the strength of a revolutionary organization. We've never seen anything. We had a taste of this with the weather underground in Bel Airs, but this is far greater across the nation. The intense sapping of the morale of government, the administration, police, military. Well, we've never seen anyone going after our police and our military like this, beyond the jabs. The negotiations with government representatives and increased political violence, terror and sabotage. I mean, this is exactly what we're seeing. Alan, could you cue the recordings of Jeremy Brown? My name is Jeremy Brown, and I am a 20-year retired U.S. Army Special Forces Master Sergeant and combat veteran, and my entire 20-year career was spent in the U.S. Special Operations community. 
today, I am a political prisoner of war, illegally held for 266 days and counting in maximum security for a long list of fabricated crimes with the intent of punishing me for my real crime, exposing the truth about the FBI's role in the January 6th attack on the American people. An attack by those who seized control of our system of government years ago. We are and have been engaged in an unrestricted, unconventional, and secret war with global forces that seek to destroy American sovereignty in order to remove America as the final barrier to a global government and world dominance by powerful elites that believe we should serve as subjects at the very best, and at worst, die as the useless humans that they publicly describe us to be. If you are hearing this message, it is because of the bravery and courage of those bringing it to you. They do so out of love for the truth and humanity itself. I thank them. If you agree with what you hear, if it piques your interest to explore more, if you learn something that wakes you up, or if you are inspired to try to prove me wrong, please learn more about me and my story by visiting jeremybrowndefense.com. If you can, please help and share. To claim America is and has been under an unconventional warfare attack is a bold statement. And you may be asking yourself, who is this guy and what makes him so sure? To answer that question, you must first understand the mission and history of the Army Green Berets. We are the Department of Defense's unit that specializes in unconventional warfare, also commonly referred to as guerrilla warfare. President John F. Kennedy famously spoke of our specialty in his Secret Society speech, and I highly recommend you listen to it in its entirety. He officially awarded us the Green Beret to set us apart from other units, and our very schoolhouse is named after him, the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Centers and Schools. It was here, at the ripe young age of 21, where the U.S. government spent millions of dollars to train me to conduct guerrilla warfare all over the world on behalf of you, the American people. Today, I will use that knowledge and experience to warn you about the war and how the two-tiered justice system you are all seeing and experiencing fits into what is happening. During the 114th Congress as part of the National Defense Authorization Act of 2016, then President Obama added the definition of unconventional warfare used by the U.S. military for decades to U.S. public law. It is the same as the military definition found in Joint Publication JP3-05. It defines unconventional warfare as activities conducted to enable a resistance movement or insurgency to coerce, disrupt, or overthrow a government or occupying power by operating through or with an underground, auxiliary, or guerrilla force in a denied area. Why would this be added to U.S. law? Why wasn't it added until 2016? Because you are the guerrilla force and the domestic terrorists they are fighting, and you must be destroyed and defeated. As a young soldier, husband, and father, I was a fan of Dave Ramsey, a Christian-based financial advisor. One of the greatest lessons I ever learned from him was the concept that where you'll be in five years is most influenced by two things, 
the books you'll read, and the people you'll meet. Save that for later. The Bible says my people die from lack of knowledge. So let's gain some knowledge and live, shall we? I want to start with a free resource that is very easy to find. Simply duck, duck, go the term Unconventional Warfare Pocket Guide. This is a U.S. Army Special Operations Command Guide that serves as an unclassified explanation of unconventional warfare principles and doctrine. If you flip through the pages of this short document, you'll come to a diagram that looks like a tall pyramid. This chart, labeled Activities of an Insurgency or Resistance Movement, has 22 lines or phases, with a dotted line that separates the 17 clandestine activities from the four overt activities, with shadow governance straddling that line. Please read this whole chart from the bottom to the top, because you'll be reading the last 100 years of American history. Yes, that's how long it has taken to get here. For now, let me just read the last six clandestine steps. As you listen, ask yourself, am I seeing this in America today? Overt and covert pressures against government, strikes, riots, and disorders. Sabotage and terror to demonstrate weakness of government. Increased underground activities to demonstrate strength of a revolutionary organization. Intense sapping of morale of government, administration, police, and military. Negotiations with government representatives. An increased political violence, terror, and sabotage. All these things are meant to demoralize and weaken a society and the systems and institutions that hold it together. This is where the two-tiered justice system comes into play. In the book, The Gulag Archipelago, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, listen to what he wrote in 1973 about the period from 1918 through 1956 in Stalin, Soviet Russia. We have to condemn publicly the very idea that some people have the right to oppress others. In keeping silent about evil, and burying it so deep within us that no sign of it appears on the surface, we are implanting it, and it will rise up a thousandfold in the future. When we neither punish nor reproach evildoers, we are simply protecting their trivial age. We are thereby ripping the foundations of justice from beneath new generations. It is for this reason, and not because of the weakness of indoctrinal work, that they are growing up indifferent. Young people are acquiring the conviction that foul deeds are never punished on earth, that they always bring prosperity. It is going to be uncomfortable, horrible, to live in such a country. The destruction of justice destroys generations and eventually destroys countries and peoples. You see, America has been captured, and now the new management is cleaning house of its threats and political opposition in what we call mop-up operations. This is why certain well-funded groups can break the law and commit heinous violence with impunity and without fear of punishment. Others are arrested and held indefinitely without bail or due process until they are convicted by rigged juries. It is why you are propagandized to believe that groups like the Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, and Proud Boys are racist, anti-government, 
far-right-wing extremists that want to kill black and brown people and overthrow the government, while you are told Jane's Revenge, Antifa, and Black Lives Matter are just peaceful protesters standing up for the rights of women and minorities and making us all good, equal, global citizens. If you believe these lies, then you are one of their useful idiots and part of the misinformed masses being used as weapons against liberty. Wake up. Oath keepers believe in keeping their oath to support and defend the U.S. Constitution. The three percenters get their name from the legacy that only three percent of colonists were actually willing to fight to break away from the British crown. Proud boys are, well, proud to be boys. They like to do manly things, drink, and revel in Americanism. That's it. Most of the proud boys I've met are black and brown. It's all a lie. As innocent victims of an FBI setup brought in jail, some for as long as 17 months now without bail, trial, or due process, those on the other side are rarely arrested, and if they are, they are quickly released and not likely to be prosecuted. Antifa beats Marines leaving the Marine Corps ball in Philadelphia. Nothing. Black Lives Matter burn black businesses and kill black retired police chiefs in St. Louis. Crickets. Jane's Revenge, firebombs, pro-life resource centers all over the country then boast that they are only getting started. Silence. Stephen Colbert's crew breaks into the U.S. Capitol, and I bet it gets swept under the rug. Even my supporters have been targets of an Antifa terrorist who was arrested at the very jail I still sit in. He was promptly released and had most of his charges dropped. Look him up. His name is Garrett Smith. Or is it? All of this is no accident, and it certainly is not because of incompetence or stupidity. It is military doctrine. You are now terrorists. Not because you have done anything wrong or committed any acts of terror. You are a terrorist, just like me, because you stand in their way. Why do you think they're trying so hard to take your guns away? And if you fall for the red flag mental health nonsense, then you'll deserve your slavery. Remember, the same people that claim a five-year-old boy can decide to have his penis chopped off because he's been convinced he's a girl are the same people that will red flag you for disagreeing with them. I pray to God all the time to show me that I'm wrong, but I know that I'm not. They want you intimidated and demoralized. They need you in fear of them, or else you may do what Alexander Solzhenitsyn laments not doing in his quote from the book, The Gulag Archipelago, and how we burned in the camps later, thinking, what things have been like if every security operative, when he went out at night to make arrest, had been uncertain whether he would return alive and had to say goodbye to his family. Or if, during periods of mass arrest, as for example in Leningrad, when they arrested a quarter of the entire city, people had not simply sat there in their lairs, paling with terror at every bang of the downstairs door and every step in the staircase, but had understood they had nothing left to lose and had boldly set up in the downstairs hall an ambush of half a dozen people with axes, hammers, pokers, or whatever else was at hand. The organs would very quickly have suffered a shortage of officers and transport, and notwithstanding all of Stalin's thirst, the cursed machine 
would have ground to a halt. Where will we be in five years? Well, what books should we read? The ones where they reveal their plans for us. 1984, A Brave New World, COVID-19, The Great Reset, or Agenda 2030. Learn what they are saying and believe them. Who should we meet? Each other, your neighbors, your elected officials, and anyone you want to save. We, not some politician, folk hero, or some media-manufactured savior, but we the people must save our own families, our neighbors, and our republic. If I am freed, they will just lock me up again, or worse. They have already started preparing by adding four more prosecutors to my case. Let them take their best shot. I will never bow to their lies, and neither should you. Lies and fears are the greatest weapons of evil. We need to counter them with truth and courage. So don't do nothing. I'm not sounding this warning to sell a book or tickets to a rally. Hell, I'm still sitting in jail. I'm speaking out because I love my daughters, my family, my friends, and the country I broke my body defending for you, the American people. May God grant us discernment and boldness and use us for his victory. The oppressor bear, liberty or death. My fellow Americans, you just heard from Jeremy Brown, Green Beret, sentenced today to seven and a half years in prison we are now fighting the Bolshevik left. Thank you for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.